Good morning. Okay, let's do that again. Good morning. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. I always enjoy having the opportunities to share parts of um, God's Word with you. Um, as I was thinking about when Keith told me that we were in Acts 13, <clears throat> and uh, it's Paul's uh, first missionary journey, I thought, well, cool. Uh, we can pull out the maps, and I'll we'll draw that up, and we can go through all those details, and you'll go away knowing all the facts about Paul's first missionary journey. And then I said, nope, we're not doing that. Um, so we're going to do something a little bit different. I hope you've read Acts chapter 13. Uh, I think it gives us a good picture of uh, one of the, the beginning points of the early church, uh, what they were about, how they saw themselves and how they experience the kingdom of God. Um, I, I have my um, cell phone number up there and uh, my email address. So if there's any questions or comments or whatever, uh, I don't have my gadget up here to look at the questions, so I can't field those here. But uh, if you do, um, then if you'll shoot me an email or shoot me a text message, uh, no comments about my clothes or any of those kinds of things. That'll be about the lesson. I've had that happen. With you guys, okay, some in my class. Huh? I'm just, I'm just saying. So, uh, but feel free to do that. Uh, I want you to walk away uh, with something very practical, and I hope it will be. Um, when you, st- when we start looking here at, at Acts chapter 13 in the beginning, uh, we see the church, and the first thing that they're involved in is prayer and fasting. So they've got the group together, they've got their community together, and. Um, they're praying and they're fasting, and they're deciding what they're going to be about, and they're consulting God. And that's one of the, the first things about or aspects about the kingdom of God is that it is okay, a consulting life. And what I mean by a consulting life is that the kingdom people spend their lives consulting God. They, they ask God about direction, even for the smallest details of their life, because they feel this connection, so they know that they can go to the Father. And this idea of fasting, I think, is extremely important if we're trying to, to grasp what God wants us to do, because there's so much noise out there. There's so many things that are going through, and if you think about it, that and, and I know you've heard me say this before, but life is in, in three stages. You're either in a difficult situation, you just came out of a difficult situation, or you're headed into one, okay? Those are the three stages of life. So generally, at least for me, and especially in my earlier uh, Christian walk, when I prayed is when I was found myself in that difficult situation. And really what I was praying for is for God to get me out of that difficult situation, wasn't really praying for God to teach me how to navigate this situation. I wanted out. My anxiety was high, and I just wanted relief. Fasting can help us see that. Fasting, if we're removing the noise, it's one of the uh, spiritual disciplines that I would encourage everyone to be involved in. And, And as regularly as possible, that you push things out of your life so that you can truly consult God. 
And, and also, as you're consulting God, you're consulting with other people that you believe are on a similar or even ahead of you in your spiritual journey. So we are a consulting people. I do, I do while I'm here, I wanted to uh, thank you for your prayers for my dad. Um, I uh, talked to him before I left, I mean, during between uh, services during Bible class, and I think he's going to come home today, this afternoon. Now, that's a kind of a good thing and kind of a, uh, I don't want to call it a bad thing, um, but this is one of those things where, where this idea of prayer and consulting God's really coming home for me now. I never imagined myself navigating this kind of relationship with my dad. He's probably in the middle stages of dementia, really su- suffering with a lot of um, what we would call su- sundown syndrome, uh, and it makes things uh, real interesting. Um, so I appreciate your prayers. Um, I ask you to pray for two things. One, that I will learn the lessons that I need to learn about who God is and how he navigates how things that he does in this world. That I will learn how to love my dad in ways that I haven't loved him before. Um, because we've always had uh, a relationship, not one that was unloving. It's just that we don't use that word. We're kind of like, um, yeah, you know, everybody loves Raymond. And the the dad and, and the son, that, you know, the dad never talks about love, doesn't mention that. Well, you know, my dad is a side hugger until today. We just, you know, we just don't, we just don't do that touchy-feely emotional stuff. Uh, but there, we know that we love each other. But I don't know that I want to end that way. I want to end a different way. But as I, as I see my fallen world formation... How I've been trained in the fallen world, it's a, it's a hard place for me. Because there's been a couple of times when I've wanted to, to do something or you know, go over and hug him. or uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the Raymond story where they had, there was this episode about the ball. And some of you in Kingdom Living class have seen that. And where Raymond uh, goes over and kisses the forehead of his dad. Uh, you know, there's a part of me that just longs to do that, and there's another part that that scares to death. And I don't know what that's about. I, I just lied. I do know what that's about. Um, but it's a hard place to go. So I ask that you pray for me that I will learn those lessons and trust God. Because at the end of the day, this is what this is about. It's about trusting God. It's about knowing who God is. It's about consulting God to find your direction, how to navigate those difficult situations that you find yourself in and, and relying on your others, your others around you to pray for you, to give you the guidance. So another interesting thing here, too, that is kind of tied to, to I think, to selfishness. If you notice, um, when, when they're praying and, and they get the message from God that they need to be sending Paul and Barnabas out, uh, Paul and Barnabas are probably two of their prime guys. And they're going to send them out. Now, I don't know of too many churches that when they have some real talent, some real giftedness in their church, that they want to send them away. Now, why do we do that? Why, do we want to, why would we want to hold on to that and not send it out? I think it goes back to our, our fallenness and, and how selfish we are because we want everything for ourselves. We, we want them to teach us and we want them to be around us. Uh, so we don't send them out. Um, several Sundays ago, I shared with you um, what I called uh, George, Costanza, George Costanza Christianity from Seinfeld. 
I don't know if you, you remember the episode. If you, if you, I, I was in Brazil when Seinfeld happened, but there was a, uh, I was uh, teaching, and, and somebody said, you know what, you ought to use this clip. So I, I used the clip and where uh, George decides that he's going to do the opposite of everything. And so he goes through, and he's doing the, he's doing the opposite, and it works. He, and he's amazed of how well life beca- uh, becomes because he does the opposite. Well, every, the more and more I learn about the kingdom of God and what God does, he, he typically goes in a direction that's completely the opposite of what I w- how I would do it or how I even begin to think about it. So I want to just suggest to you, just throw this out. If you, when, you're in that, when you're moving in, you can see yourself kind of headed into that uh, difficult situation or that crisis situation, or you, all of a sudden you just find you're there because sometimes it just happens and you really, don't, you really weren't planning to get there. You couldn't see it coming. You're just there. Um, do the opposite. What, whatever your gut tells you to do, think what, what would be the opposite of that. Consult with some other people. Primarily consult with God because that they are a... Consulting kingdom people are a consulting people. We have a consulting life. Keeps us from those knee-jerk reactions. Uh, in the kingdom of God, what I've come to know and learn, and I've had other people, uh, mentors, uh, tell this to me. It's been a hard lesson, but slower is always better. Slower is always better. You see, when, when I'm praying and I'm finding myself in a difficult situation, I'm wanting this thing to be gone. I'm wanting relief, and I'm wanting it now. Um, another little thing about my dad. Uh, Sharon and I were walking out of the um, hospital, and um, we were going out there, and she goes, gosh, I just hate to see your dad suffer. And that was the other thing I wanted you to pray for, was that, that he not suffer. At the end of the day, suffering is hard. Uh, I, I'm okay with what happens, just the suffering. So if you'll pray for that. But Sharon was talking about that, and, and she goes, I just hate to see him there just sitting there, and he's just, he's just in so much pain, and this, that, and the other. And, and I said, him? What about me? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, what, you know, I'm starting doing this, and, of course, there's that selfish part, that fallen part that only thinks of itself in the middle of a crisis. And then I said, um, well, not only that, but do you, do you recognize where we're headed uh, who wants to go there? Um, but but that's that's our our fallen nature. That's kind of where we how we approach things. So uh, learning how to to be a people that are given up self uh, because we trust in God and being having a consulting life is one of those whether we're praying and with our families not only at the dinner table but we're praying all the way through life because life is hard. Life is hard. Um, the next piece of this is I, it's a committed life. Um, a lot of times when we think about um, walking with God, you know, when we talk about transformation and, and some of us really struggle with what, what does it mean to be transformed? Um, what, what, is, what does that look like? Because it's, it's a continual process. It doesn't go away. For those of you that know my, my story, there's a lot of people have asked me, to, you know, that want to share my story of how, you know, uh, God uh, uh, took me out of darkness and, and put me in the light. And, and people would go, well, that, I don't have a story like that. But I want to suggest to you that if, if you have a committed life, that you do have a story like that. Because what I find in my life more and more every day, some of the things, the hurdles that I have to go through are much more difficult than it ever was giving up sex, drugs, and alcohol. 
much more difficult. That, that, now when I look back on that, that was a pretty easy thing compared to th- some of the other stuff that God has uh, allowed me to experience. Some of the things that the, the fallen world has, has put in my path. But it, it's, a, it's committed to, to helping others in living your life with very high ethical standards. Um, it was interesting that um, my youngest daughter, I didn't say that in the first service, and Sharon said, you know, you have two daughters, so they're going to wonder which one, you, which one you're talking about. My youngest daughter uh, just got married this year, and she moved to Houston, and she's working for a company. And uh, a pretty, pretty big company. She, they, they hired her. Her uh, uh, degree is in languages. You know, she, she speaks Portuguese, uh, Spanish, and um, a little English. Um, but um, so she goes, she goes to this work for this company because they want to do it's an international company and they're wanting to do stuff, you know, internationally. So I get this text message and um, it has a picture of her and it has IBM and then a code number and, you know, really an official little badge. And I'm going, gosh, did she get a new job? I, you know, I have no idea what's going on. And then she sends this other text Dad, is this ethical? Because she doesn't work for IBM. But the company that she works for has got her this badge so that she can get into places cheaper. Okay? Is that ethical? Can we do that? I mean, see, what's going to happen if she refuses to do that? Or what could happen? See, and I don't want her to lose her job because you know what's going to happen with that? Yeah, so you know. You know. I don't want to do that. I've got my dad and my kids. It's kind of, jeez. Uh, so she could lose her job. Obviously, she doesn't want to do that either. So she's going, well, what do I do? Well, what do you do? See, if I have a committed life, well, first I go back and I consult God. What do you think God's going to say? He's going to say, trust me. But when he says, trust me, what does that mean for her? Well, when you do the right thing, you're going to be okay. Well, what's the right thing? See, this is the kind of conversation we have in our heads, and we really know the answer to start with. What's the right thing? Well, it's to not do that. But see, that's our fallenness, wanting to protect self. That's why we need to consult others. We need to consult God. And we need to be reminded of what we're committed to and what transformation is really about. Because if you can do those kinds of things, that makes giving up drugs and some of this other stuff a piece of cake. Because that really, to me, that really touches life in a very powerful way. Very powerful way. Another part of this committed life that I'm committed to sharing what I've learned. I share what I've learned. I share what I've learned about the kingdom of God. I naturally share that. Um, this isn't evangelism. It is about sharing the kingdom of God. It's my career. It's, it's your career. Now, I know that you have other careers. You have other jobs, but that's just what you do during the day. That's just a, a way to begin to, to meet people, to know people, because God will put people in your life. And if you're listening... Now, remember, what are the three stages of life? You're going into a difficult situation, you just came out of one, or you're in one. 
okay? The order doesn't matter, okay? So, if I'm listening, and I'm, my career is to share what I know about the kingdom of God, that means share the kingdom of God, just what, what they were sending Paul and Barnabas out to do, okay? Do, and do this as you go. We don't have to go very far. You just go, go to work, okay? But I'm, if I'm listening for this, then I can hear the hurts and pains of a society, of a community, of an individual. I had the, the pleasure of going to China with uh, Jesse, and Jess, Jesse Lee and Dave Clevenger, two of our members here, and, and uh, we just came back pumped. I mean, we were watching God do things. It was incredible. Uh, we learned uh, how inadequate we were, and God showed us how big he was. And um, so we were, we were kind of brainstorming, you know, how to, you know, our first thing was, well, how can we take other people to China so that they can have this experience? I'm going, good grief, nobody's going to want to go to China. I mean, I don't want to do that. So, how, you know, what could we do? Uh, to really make this where, where this would be kind of a natural thing, where, you know, it's not like you're out Bible-thumping people, but you're just really showing them how God works in the world and how He works in our life. So um, we just happened to be, we were kind of brainstorming, talking about this. We have lunch together on occasions, and so we were at the Black Eyed Pete. And we're sitting there, and I, I had permission to tell this story, didn't I, Dave? Okay. Um, so we had, um, we're, we're sitting there, and Dave and Jesse are sitting in front of me. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm trying to go, okay, how could, you know, uh, some of you know that a lot of times I'll go to bars, re- bars at restaurants, and, and I'll sit at the corner, strategically sit, and just kind of get into a conversation. Now, I realize that most of you are not going to do that. Um, but what I do want to suggest to you is you can do that. You can share the kingdom of God without going to a bar, without going in, anywhere out of your path, just your natural path. But you have to listen, okay? So, I was trying to go, I was thinking about, okay, what can I do? And if I were here by myself, or I could do this with Dave and Jesse here. So the, the waitress comes up, and she has this little pink band around her wrist. And so, now even if you're introverted, you can do this. You don't have to be outgoing and do this, okay? You're just, you're just talking to people, okay? So I just ask her, because it, the, the band didn't say anything on it, okay? So I just ask her, I said, well, what's the, 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 the band? And she says, well, my, my mother died of cancer, and my sister has cancer right now. And this is a band, and it has a word on here. She told me what the word was. But they won't let us have the word on the outside, so I've just got it turned inside out. Okay. What did she just say? Mom died of cancer. Sister's with cancer. What does she tell you about herself? What do you know that she's in? Yeah, yeah. So, with that, I've already got all the information I need. I don't need any more to introduce the kingdom of God to her. Okay? And we can do that right there at the table. Okay? And this is kind of what it looks like. So, she walks off. I asked Dave. I said, Dave, Jesse, what did you hear her say? And, of course... It's obvious. Well, I'm hurting. You know, I, it, th- this thing is broken. Life is not good. Okay? And then so I said, well, what you want to do when you're doing this, you always want to confirm your assessment. Because, you know, maybe, I, I don't think so, but maybe this doesn't bother her at all, the fact that her uh, uh, mother has died of cancer and her sister has cancer. Maybe it doesn't bother. So we want to assess to make sure that we're, we're on the right path. Okay? So she comes back and 
she's bringing us the bill, and uh, she hands it to, to uh, Dave, and she says, Dave, and then she says, Jesse, and she's looking at mine, and my name is Galen. Nobody ever pronounces it right. It's G-A-L-O-N. I don't know what my dad was thinking when they spelled it, but that's, that's what we get. So she's trying to say my name, and I said, oh, it's Galen. Don't worry about it. Nobody pronounces it right anyway. And she looked at us, and she goes, yeah, you know, my name is Tammy. My boss calls me Tommy. Okay, what did she just say? They don't even care about, they they don't even know me here at work. You see, if we're listening, people will share with us the brokenness. Now, after that, we we were sitting there kind of smiling at each other going, good grief, this is so easy. I said, yeah, it is if you're listening, and this is what you listen for. I said, now, what do we ask her when she comes back? I said, or if, if I lived here and I was really wanting to connect with this person and I came to, to the Black Eyed Pea, I would try to get to where I could sit with her and we'd start the journey. Now, she wouldn't know that we were starting a journey, but I would. Does that, are we, we on the same page? You see, I would know that. And I would just continue to sow the seed Because at the end of the day, who causes the growth? It's not me. It's God. Okay? So all we do is we sow the seed and hope that she asks questions. Now, we we bantered around about what we were going to ask her the next question, and we wound up not asking her anything. So um, maybe we'll go back and and meet uh, Tammy some other time. But I know that God loves her. And I know that the kingdom of God has a solution for the pain that she's going through. It's not going to take the pain away, but it can give her some different tools to be able to navigate it. Uh, The second, the third one here is um, that kingdom life is a confident life. Uh, Paul, in this section here, he 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 goes to uh, in in the middle of his kind of his discourse as he's teaching. He goes right to the resurrection. He starts out, and his focus here in the, in the lesson is kind of more on Saul, okay? So he kind of walks the, the people through that. He starts there with a, in a Jewish context, and then he gets to the resurrection. And it's kind of like he's going, okay, guys, the reason that we know this is true, the reason that we speak with such confidence is because of that event. Well, we, when we celebrated the Lord's Supper, just a while ago. We're celebrating the event that marked time. And Paul's not only talking about that event, how that marked time, and is a perfect illustration of God working in the world. I'm going to come back to that. And how he's continuing to work in the world, but it also opens the door to the Gentiles. It's not only about the Jews, but it's about the Gentiles as well. We're confident because just as Paul could recite how God was working in the world, if we're looking, if we're looking and listening, we can see how God is working in the world, and that's what we share. You see, if I had another conversation or the opportunity to talk with with, uh, Tammy some more, what I would tell her is I would start with there is a God. 
Genesis chapter 3. And, and when, God, when God is at work, things are in order. There's an orderly process to the things that God does. And, and there, He can order even the most unmanageable things. He can help you order it because I've seen him do it. I know what he does. And I could kind of go through historically what I have seen God do and what I believe that he has done, just like Paul, what he's done in my life. And then I'm going to come to the resurrection. I'm going to say, well, you know, this is really what solidified the whole thing. But see, just like God did that then, he's doing it now, and he wants to do it in your life. He wants to walk with you as you minister to your sister. Be part of the healing process. That's what I'm trying to learn with myself and my dad now, is just how to do that. But he wants to walk with you. He wants to do that, just like he did then, and we're confident of that. So we can share the the, uh, kingdom of God Anywhere, anytime, without a budget, there's nothing required. The only thing that's required is that you have experienced the kingdom of God. You know personally how he heals the hurts. You know how you go to him, and you just share what you know. And then as you move forward, you begin to connect life with Scripture. That was another thing that Paul was doing. He's connecting life, the events of life with Scripture, Validating Scripture. And then he kind of moves to a different position. He goes, well, you know, it's great that God's been working in the world and and Jesus kind of solidified that God is continuing that work and he's still working today. And see, and this is where you move from, well, this general idea of God working in the world to God's working in your life. And this is how I see him working in your life. And when I have done that, when I've pointed out how I see God working in someone else's life, I get the same response that I had when somebody told me that. Really? Really? Do you really think God's working in my life? Tell me how you see it. And they tell you, you tell them more. So that they can see God. And that's what Paul says is going to bring about the transformation. The more we see God, the more we're transformed. The more we have a renewing of the mind, Romans chapter 12. Not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of the mind comes by seeing and experiencing God. So we have a confident life. We also have a conflicted life. It is a life of conflict. Not everybody's going to accept it. We see in the text... Uh, he runs across a magician, and the magician doesn't want him saying anything. He runs across the uh, another group that's they're jealous because people are listening to them. They're not they're not getting listened to. But see, when as a kingdom people, when we encounter conflict, there's two ways you can look at conflict. It's either an opportunity or danger. And as kingdom people, because we're confident in what uh, God is doing, and we know He's working in the world. We don't mind the conflict. In fact, we engage the conflict. Because we know that it's through the conflict that we'll learn how to trust God. Because when I'm in conflict, when I'm in crisis, is when I typically will lean more and more 
on myself. But in the conflict, in the engagement, when I see the resistance, because see when we, Paul says, that, or the, Luke says here that it was jealousy. You see, when I see jealousy, when I see envy, when I see strife, when, when people tell lies, when we do unethical things, we illustrate the fallenness of the world, how it's broken. You see, all those things are an illustration that it is broken. It confirms its brokenness because it tries to lie and cover itself up so that we can see God. If we understand what it does, what the role it plays, then we can see God in the midst of it, remembering that God teaches us in His absence as well as His presence. Last one, it's a compelling life. Kingdom life is a compelling life. It's a compelling message. You can see that when Paul was speaking about God and how he worked in the world, people were drawn to it. And see, when we share the kingdom of God with others, when we, when we share that in their context, when, when we share it and as we fit the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God into their context, into their real-life situations, people are drawn to it. I have had very few people that when I did that and I got out of the way, that people didn't respond positively to it. But it will happen. It will happen. But we have a compelling message. We have a God that's, from the very beginning, been working in the world. A God that has shown us time and time again through the world's brokenness, what it is without Him, and what life is with Him, that He cares, that He loves us, And so we come here and we celebrate while we're here to celebrate what God is doing in the world and doing in our lives and the details of our lives. So we have a compelling message. We share that message, connect life with Scripture, join people on the journey. We're able to experience God in ways that we've never experienced Him before. I hope you're able to walk away with something that you can put into practice this week. What I would ask that you do is you start listening, listening for the hurts of the world. They'll be like Tammy. Ask questions. Don't give answers. Just ask. Ask questions about the hurt that you feel, that that you hear. And then you can ask, really like to to pray for you. And you'll find that person of peace that'll want to engage you in the journey. And you'll be able to see God working in ways that um, are incredible. Incredible. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for... um, Thank you for today. Thank you for this morning. I thank you for each family here, each individual here. And Father, I pray that... um, You'll give them the confidence that they need, um, that um, you'll help them recognize how you have brought them out of the deserts, out of the storms, and that you do lead us to green pastures and still waters. Father, I pray that you'll put on their hearts and help them discover how you have been their refuge in times of need, 
how you have been their shield when things were being, when they were being attacked. I pray that you'll help us to recognize all that and put those things on our lips as we minister to a fallen world. Father, I pray that uh, just as it things happened, just as you worked in the world in the past and your people have been working in the world with you, joining you in your work in the past, that we do it today. And Father, I pray that as we do it, as we engage life and engage it to its fullness, it's good and it's bad, I pray that we come to know more and more each day the power of the resurrection. And may, be, may that be the power that is demonstrated in our lives that people can see and call you Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.